Super Talk Mississippi media production. What is Moondog? Moondog Makers and Bakers is not just a catering company. It's blended tradition with innovation and something familiar just done differently. To get a taste of what they're truly all about, you can order some awesome merch, crafted spice blends, or request catering for your very own event. MoondogMakersandBakers.com. He's the former president and publisher of the Sun-Herald, and now he's on the radio. Welcome to Coast View with Ricky Matthews on Super Talk Mississippi Gulf Coast 103.1. Welcome back to Coast View. We have Richard Chenoweth with us today. He's a, a significant community leader, not just in Pascagoula, but across the coast and across the state. And uh, a restaurant owner, a bed and breakfast owner, and someone who's just dedicated so much of his life to the community, to his industries, and he just wants to make a difference. You know, he has never lost f- focus on, you know, family first and community first, but but he's been really focused on trying to make a difference. So, Richard, why don't we do? I, I'm, this has been so fascinating. I I would have never done that that um, jet ski journey even even today with the fancy machines we have available to us today. You didn't have a fancy machine, did you? Oh no. No, we had to, you know, they, they have cruise control now. We, what we used was Velcro back then. We could we could adjust the with Velcro because your hand would go, you know, your hand would go numb. Wow, that's that's so interesting. Um, so let's let's come to the, your restaurant journey. You had two partners. You, you this, the the Pascual area you went to was actually called Scranton. After Scranton, uh, Pennsylvania was actually named that for a period of time. Eventually, that changed, but that's how the restaurant got its name. You didn't buy an existing restaurant. You bought so a, a collection of buildings that were kind of the city hall, the the uh, the uh, fire department. There was even a jail there. Tell tell about that decision. You know. I worked my way through college at the warehouse in at Ole Miss, and um, it, you know, just the just loved the restaurant business, just you know, loved what it was about and everything. And so when I came back, I was actually selling insurance for four years, but this in, restaurant was always in the back of my head. And when we started looking at the um, the fire station there, it just seemed like such a great theme. One of my favorite restaurants back then was Friday's. That you know that I, in the '70s I had gone to a lot, and I liked that theme and everything like that. And then we liked the sandwiches at Mosparos in New Orleans, and so we tried to combine that into the into the you know restaurant and everything like that. Of course, now 38 years later, you know we're still in business, which which is I don't know how. Some of the times I look back at you know the, some of the adversity and some of the the money problems that we've had over the years, and um, and we're still here. And I used to make a joke that we had so much memorabilia that my wife wouldn't let me go out of business because she knew I'd bring it all home. So she, you know, she kept working hard so I, so I could pursue my hobby, which was the restaurant business. But um, so Merle Ivy, she gave us the seed money. We started it with thirty-five thousand dollars. My other partner is Jack Pickett, who's an attorney. Both of them mainly silent partners and everything like that, except on major, you know, decisions and things like that. Especially now, Merle passed away unfortunately. Uh, had a heart attack in the emergency room at the hospital. She wasn't feeling well a few years ago, and so we're partners with her two daughters. But. You know, I mean, we started with $35,000 and we just kept plowing money back into it. And, you know, I tell people I've walked around there with chewing gum and, um, and duct tape to try to keep it all going together. 
and now after all these years, it's it's actually Katrina helped us out a lot, and and I've always said with with chaos comes opportunity, and you know the. Out here, told me that thanks to you, oh, thanks to you, thanks to you, you showed the community to come back because we were open within three weeks of the storm, and we fought every day to get open like that. And I couldn't have done it without my employees, of course. But um, we were just lucky. We were just fortunate. We didn't wait for insurance. We didn't wait for anybody. We just kept, we just kind of tried to make our own path. And we used all the resources and all the help that was given to us. We didn't just do it on our own. But luckily, we had made some, what, what Kyle was talking about, we had made a lot of preparations and a lot of plans. And so uh, we did the same thing with this pandemic. You know, we've decided to change branding and change focus of the restaurant and try to get ready for the next 38 years. Well, it's incredible in 38 years. And I want to talk about the changes that you're making and the, and the mood to mix use. Uh, but before we do that, if you think about a, a, the soul of the restaurant, you know, what thir- after 38 years, what is the soul? Because I know when I, when I used to go there on a regular basis when I was in that area uh, working, it, it always had this First of all, the food was always great, but the, it had this feel to it. There was a friendliness about it, but it's more than that. Describe the soul of the restaurant. This, the restaurant is a community. I mean, if you think of all the weddings and all the special events, I mean, the, the teachers, the first time they ever voted to strike, did it upstairs. And, you know, there's so much history and so many, so many people associate big events in their lives to the restaurant, you know, anniversaries, weddings, class reunions, rehearsal dinners, just, and just everyday, you know, family gatherings and everything like that. So there's just such a community spirit about it. And and we really try to support the community and, you know, we give back to the community and that comes back to us. It really does. It, it you know, you don't see it all, of course, you know how it is when you advertise in the newspaper. You don't see how that advertisement affects everybody. But somehow, as long as you're doing positive and as long as you're putting your positive message out there, those good vibes will come back to you. And I think that's where Scranton's is about. Well, it's about understanding your brand. You know, if you think about the definition of brand, brand is the emotional connection that someone has with a product. It's really understanding the brand and understanding the emotional connection that people have with Scranton's and being able to sort of maintain that over the years. And, you know, the restaurant business, as you know, I mean, forget about the pandemic for a second, just in general, it's a difficult business. It's, it's rare to stand the test of time in the re- restaurant business in order to be able to do that. There has to be this incredible ability to understand the connection, the emotional connection that people have with it. And that's sort of the way you described it. You, de- you described it in the way of, of life events that people have and how they never forget that. But this life event is a positive time in their life. And the experience they had at the restaurant you know, during that time was a positive experience. And it, it sort of reflects and it becomes sort of a generational thing over the years, doesn't it? Yeah, I, I I joke to people. It's funny you should say that because I joke to people that now I'm doing weddings for children of parents 
you know, I did the parents' wedding, and now I'm doing the children's weddings, and I'm getting close to doing some grandchildren's weddings. I'm I'm scared to say. <laughs> hey, listen, thank God you have that opportunity. That's all. That's, you know, it, look, look, live in the moment, man. Live yeah. in the moment. That, exactly. Exactly. You know, that, that's that's kind of the way you have to look at life. So uh, the pandemic strikes, you sort of get that it, that life's going to change. And you you have this incredible network that you're able you're able to draw from from not just your years of being involved in industry related organizations, but the friendships that you developed. You've been able to tap into that to try to understand. Okay, what are some innovative approaches that we can take that will enable us to sort of go forward strategically in a way that we can be successful and also serve the need, the changing needs of the community. Talk about that. Well, what's happened is. You know, what the pandemic did was it forced people to make changes that may have only taken them five years. I mean, may have taken them five years to make. It's taken, it's pushed them to make some of those changes in three or four months. You know, people that would never, wouldn't wouldn't have ordered online for for five more years were, were forced to do it, forced to learn it. And... And it's not a tough learning. They're learning that it's not a tough learning code. And it forced people to change their habits and to 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 see things differently. And so that's what we're 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 thinking that it's still going to be changed. There's going to be less people that you know they do surveys, and 20% of the people say that they're not going to go to restaurants or be less inclined to go to restaurants. So you're going to lose 20% of your people that are going to change their habits and want pre-prepared foods. They're going to want casseroles to go. They're going to want to be able to pick up and grab and go or have it delivered or have it, you know, curbside or whatever. We're going to, we're going to do all that. And we, we used that chaos as our learning process. And then we've done a lot more research and, and we've gone all around the Southeast looking at different things. And we're, we're gonna start out small. We have what we call phase one, phase two, phase three, and hopefully we'll never get to phase four. But um, we have all that going going on, you know, to, to start opening. And we didn't wanna, we've got so much construction going on with remodeling and then we've got apartments going on upstairs we've got four apartments being built up there as we speak that there's so much going on that that it just worked out well to go ahead and shut down during mm-hmm. this period that, that way we didn't have to deal with all the problems that came with the pandemic all the regulations all the you know just all that that was going on all those restrictions so it allowed us the freedom to be able to make some good decisions and to take our time and make sure that we're you know i mean we've torn out bathrooms we've redone the kitchen we're we tore out the complete front dining room where you used to sit up there on the platform that's all gone it's a wide open room now we decluttered everything after 38 years. We, you know, you you just say, oh, I'll just put it over there, or nail it up over there, and you know, stuff like that. Well, we took all that stuff down and condensed it and made it good. Let's do, let's do this, Richard. This is Richard Chenoweth from Scranton's uh, restaurant, but that that doesn't even begin to describe who he is and what his impact in coastal Mississippi and this state has been. When we come back from the break, we talk a little bit more about the innovation. Then I really want to I want to understand a little bit more about what makes you tick and giving back to the community. Uh, When we come back from the break, we'll continue our conversation.
Talk Mississippi Media Production.